Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2208. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in Stockholm, Sweden. What a beautiful place. With a very special guest by the name of David Campo. David, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? Well, thank you for having me. Yes, I'm very ready. All right, we'll have some fun. You know, I'm really honored because David has been listening to Cars Yeah for a long time. We chatted a little bit before the show, and you talked about hearing my 1,000th show, which was a unique show because uh, Tommy Kendall, the racer, interviewed me. We did a little switching of the mics in that show. But I'm really honored that you've listened to so many shows and been inspired, and that's how we connected here to, to finally get you on the show because you are a bit of a I'll call you a renaissance man. You do some very <laughs> cool, unique things. I'm a designer. I was a designer in my creative career years and years ago. I still try to be creative, but you go, you take it to a whole nother level. So we're going to learn more about that. But first, I'm going to ask you this. What's one little thing that most people don't know about David Campo? Well, I thought about this a lot. And uh, I do a lot of photography for my brand and so on. And I shoot my cars and so. But what I really, really love is photographing birds and bugs in the summer here in sweden oh, it's just really? uh, oh cool. yeah, nature I, I, yes and i actually i'm 46 years now uh, of age and uh last year i asked, asked my wife to get me one of those bird watcher books oh, <laughs> okay. I said, okay that's the first step of getting old i guess but yeah it's nice <laughs> hey don't call 46 old you're looking mighty young from my side of the fence so uh you're, you're still a youngster in my eyes but you know nature <laughs> And being a designer in my career in the past, nature can offer us so many inspirational things. And when we stop yeah. and really look at nature in depth, and photography is a wonderful way to do that, you start to see things that you don't normally see when you're just walking down the street or through the forest or yeah. wherever you're seeing birds and things. It's spectacular, isn't it? Sure. Yeah. And I really like the macro stuff, you know, going really close up on a bug or something like that. It's it's amazing. It's a whole different world. It's, it's it like is. kind of going out, of, you, know, you know, into space, but right in front of you. Well, birds and insects, uh, I kind of akin that to going into the ocean and seeing some of the things in the ocean yeah. that, I mean, there's things they still haven't even found that are living mm -hmm. creatures that are just so amazing. I'll tell you one of the things that just mesmerizes me or jellyfish yeah i could just sit and watch jellyfish all day i always said i'd love to have an entire wall in my house that's a jellyfish tank <laughs> just with this awesome sound system so i could just sit and meditate and just watch those creatures move now i've been yeah. stung by jellyfish so you don't want to touch those things but no, uh, yeah yeah it's pretty cool well thanks for sharing that uh interesting and i'm not surprised <laughs> knowing you the way that i know you so let me give you a proper introduction david campo is the founder of nazumi studios a business where he has merged his passion for the automotive, watch, fashion, and music industries for over a decade. He's a creative director, a horologist. Now, if you don't know what that is, you're going to learn today. A vintage car enthusiast whose studio and brands has fans around the globe. He has a fascination for watches, and there's a clue there, collects them and designs his own line along with his lifestyle designs. David created his own Porsche club. He calls it the Roughneck Brigade. It started with a grill badge design and now includes 
includes nearly 100 brigadiers. Am I saying that right, David? Brigadiers? Yes. Yeah, I love that. Across nine countries with members in Europe, the UK, and the USA. He has a special collaboration with the legendary Porsche designer, Roof. You've all heard Aloui. He's been on the show a few times, as his wife has as well, culminating in a limited edition series for Nizumi Roof timepieces. And you know what? The first 200 they made sold out in 21 minutes. He also designed a watch to celebrate the band Anthrax's album, Persistence of Time. Sounds like you like music as well. We'll be back in just a moment, but first a word from our sponsor, so give them a little love, and we'll be right back. Covercraft's newest three-layer all-climate cover is especially engineered for moderate weather conditions. Plus, it's treated with an extra UV-resistant formula. It's very soft, it's breathable, and it's easy to store while pampering your paint, providing maximum UV rain and dust protection. If you live where it's windy, well, simply add their gust guards for those windy conditions for extra protection. Your three-layer all-climate cover is custom-tailored with Covercraft's attention to detail, form, and fit with the quality and specifics that have been their standard since 1965. Covercraft protects cars, trucks, motorcycles, RVs, trailers, and your watercraft too. Every one of my vehicles is protected by a Covercraft cover, whether it's stored inside or out. And I've got a deal for you. If you use the code ya 21 at Covercraft.com, you'll get 10% off your Covercraft order. That's right, 10% off. Just use the code YEAH21 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. I was tired of my rates for my collector car insurance going up every year for no explainable reason. My carrier seemed to be turning into a media company versus an insurance company. And I realized that a portion of my policy premium was paying for all those so-called free media goodies. So I did my homework. I talked to knowledgeable collectors, shopped around and discovered American Collectors Insurance. They've been serving the collector car hobby since 1976. You last that long by properly serving your customers' insurance need, not with a lot of fluff. ACI is ranked the number one online collector car insurance provider, according to Google, Trustpilot, Facebook, and they offer their real person guarantee live support. No never-ending phone loops when you need help. Plus, because you don't use your classic car as a daily driver, you could save up to 40% compared to regular auto insurance. American Collectors Insurance provides agreed value policies. So if you experience a total loss to your collector vehicle or it's stolen, you'll be paid the amount listed on your declaration page, less any deductibles, of course. No ifs, ands, or buts. Give them a call today and ask for your free quote at 866-A-C-I-Y-E-A-H. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of mine, Mark Greens, at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance, classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. AutoGeek's Blackfire SiO2 Spray Sealant. It's a spray-on, wipe-off sealant that's quick, safe, and easy to clean and protect your vehicles. I love using it on all my cars. AutoGeek's Blackfire SiO2 Spray Sealant is a spray-on, wipe-away sealant that uses SiO2 ingredients to provide a slick, brilliant, and long-lasting shine. Silicon dioxide is known to be one of the most effective ingredients in car care products. And Blackfire Spray Sealant takes advantage of every stunning feature it has to offer. This sealant will protect your paint from road film, dirt, and other common contaminants while providing an impeccable, long-lasting, 
hydrophobic surface that forces water to sheet and bead on your paint for months. Go to autogeek.net to get yours and for the best product selections on the internet today, along with their skilled technical support. Autogeek.net is where I go for all my detailing needs. That's autogeek.net. Check them out today. So, David, uh, as I said at the beginning, I, I want to dive a little deeper into your world because as I have learned more about you and looked at your website, which is very cool, by the way, you are a guy that gets his hands into a lot of things. And it's not just that you are a jack-of-all-trades, master of none. You seem to become a master of everything that you touch. So I want to start with the brand Nizumi. The name, where does the name come from? Well, the brand now is 11 years old this year. So I've, I've always been really into... Uh, charities and, and especially uh, uh, animal related like uh, Sea Shepherd and so on and uh, so I, want, I wanted something you know that could ha- had a meaning of sorts that you know I like to give back in a way and so on so I wanted the brand to have uh, a connection to the charity and, and I found this figure in, uh, uh, in Japan called Nizumi Koza which is a uh, sort of a Robin Hood figure in in Japanese folklore. Oh, yes. Yes. That's where Nizumi derived from. Well, I find this interesting, David, because I love the Japanese culture and Japanese design. In fact, some of my guests know that, and my listeners know, that I was made in Japan. So maybe there's a correlation there in some Mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm. The whole concept of Japanese design, the simplicity, do you find some inspiration from that akin to the Nizumi character and what that character is all about of helping others and and rescuing things? Yeah, very much so. I mean, I've been in the fashion industry for about 20 years now, and my main focus has always been denim and leather goods, Uh, denim being very much popular, you know. From the, the high-end brands of denim world is mostly from Japan. So when I started Nizumi, it was actually not a watch brand. It was a, it, it wasn't even a, a brand at all. It was just a project for me to do uh, something else, and you know, I, working with my clients and doing their visions, taking them to life, and so on. So I wanted to do a, a jeans manufactured in Sweden, which hadn't been done for many many years. So uh, that kind of that was my my first project for Nizumi, which later led into me doing a full denim lines and, and adding leather goods and jackets and you know shirts and stuff like that. Interesting, I love that. Well, yeah. I mentioned in your intro, you're also a horologist, which some people may go, "Wait, what's that?" And uh, I have to admit, when I first read it, I went. A horologist? What? Oh, watchmaker, <laughs> watch repair. Okay, that's where I remember that from. And so watches. And now, a lot of people that are into cars are into watches because they're beautiful mechanisms, designs. There's so many watchmakers that design watches around the automotive industry. I've had many of them on the show here. Yeah. Watches, what migrated you into watches? And don't worry, you Cars Yeah listeners, we are going to talk about cars today. We'll get to that. <laughs> But watches, well, what, what, what got you to timepieces? I mean, I was born in 76, like I mentioned before. And, and I, think, I think my generation probably aspires to, to go back to the analog mm-hmm. sort of way of living. Mm-hmm. We like the mechanical things, you know, slow, the, slow life down. And it's, it's too fast these days, I feel like. Amen. So, yeah. So, and that's kind of where I remember um, – I think mid nineties, probably I was, 
at my grandparents' place. Uh, my grandfather's uncle, I think, had passed away, mm-hmm. so we uh, we helped out with uh, his house and everything, cleaning and stuff like that. And we got we got a bunch of boxes delivered because he was a, a watchmaker. Oh, uh, oh okay. yeah. So so we I remember going through these uh, piles of watches, sorting out what we thought was valuable and what was going to go to the auction and so on. Mm-hmm. And my grandfather, he was an engineer. He was a, a airplane and a, a, what do you call it? Like a, a missile or a, not missile? It sounds bad. But, a rocket scientist? Uh, <laughs> rock, yes. Yeah. yeah. yeah well, I would say a rocket scientist, but he he worked with uh, engineering uh, aircraft rockets. Oh wow! Like, okay. Yeah, yeah, I call him a rocket scientist. That's what I call him. <laughs> okay, let's yeah. go with that. <laughs> so so he was he's very much into like teaching me everything from the ground up, and he was. Going through the the movements as, as as well as he could, and you know, telling me how things work and so on. Uh, so I guess that probably planted a seed. That kind of got you going. You know, yeah. I, I think there's a truth to that. When I was a kid, I had a good friend who had uh, his parents had more money than mine, and so he always had cool stuff. And he got this really cool Seiko chronograph, and mm-hmm. had this orange face to it, and. I wanted one of those so bad, but I think more than the fact that he had it, I wanted it because it, it looks so technical and mechanical with all the dials and all the little things that would spin and everything. And I did finally save enough up enough money from waxing cars to buy myself one. And it's still in a box here in the house. And mm. I always thought, you know, how cool is this? And later in life, I got into watches and I've got some mechanical watches and things. And when my father-in-law passed away, we found a watch that he got when he served in the military. He was a Marine for 30 years and he served in Vietnam and he had this beautiful glycine watch mm-hmm. yep. and my we were going through things and my wife said i always remember dad walking around shaking his wrist and one time i said dad why you shake your wrist all the time he goes i'm winding my watch <laughs> and so that watch ended up going to my son and he holds that as his cherished memory of his grandfather uh that glycine mm. watch he even sent it back and had it refurbished because it was pretty worn uh, and so forth but watches instill all sorts of very cool things. And one of the things I found interesting was you collaborated with Aloe Roof to create a special edition roof watch, which mm-hmm. is really cool because I know him. I met him back in 2006 when I picked up a Porsche at the factory yeah. and, and drove. The first place I drove was to his place. Got to ride <laughs> in and drive the Yellowbird, uh, uh-huh. which is a scary beast. So tell me about <laughs> how that whole co- collaboration came together. Uh, well, we actually did two watches together. I was contacted by a guy that works at Roof, I think via Instagram or something like that. And we got to talking about, you know, I think he just contacted me about one of my cars and he saw something and he wanted to ask, whatever. So it was nothing really like that. And and then I realized he was working there. So I asked him shamelessly, you know, maybe you can connect me with, uh, with one of your bosses right there so we can see if we can do a watch together. And he did. He connected me to to Estonia at that time. Estonia, yes. And, uh, uh-huh. Yeah. So we got to talking, and, and she was really on board. And Elise was on board as well. So it was very much easy. It just, you know, smooth sailing the whole way. Sometimes you just have to ask, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> really. Yeah. It, it's exactly like that. And, and I mean, it, it, everything just went so fast from from me contacting them to, to us releasing the first watch. And then selling out, and then just I just really didn't really grasp what we just did until we released the second one. That's when I was like, okay, this is huge. I mean, this is 
this is kind of my, maybe my, my life's work. I don't know, <laughs> but you know. Well, the roofs are such nice people. I, yeah. I, I got to see them again during car week at uh, the uh, uh, one of the events. Well, many of the events I ran into them uh, pretty much every day, it seemed like. Mm-hmm. Estonia was a guest on my show uh, not too long ago, and yeah. I'm going to be having their daughter on the show as well. And I also mm-hmm. want to talk about you got involved uh, with the band Anthrax, which is pretty cool. I did a watch with them, too. So <laughs> do we see something like this coming from you in the future with different organizations? Absolutely. Yes, we have a lot of uh, collaborations planned. We actually it started with a uh, watch I did for um, with MGM Pink Panther. That was the first. Um, okay. But that, that I mean, there's a difference between the collaborations. There's either it's licensing, mm-hmm. which was the Pink Panther, and then you know Roof was a, a true collaboration, as was Anthrax. So when I, I actually grew up in in Scottsdale, uh, or actually Albuquerque first, and then we moved to Scottsdale. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. When I lived in Scottsdale, I, I, my best friend there, his father was a, a very famous, or still is actually a very famous uh, stage clothing designer okay, for cool. you know rock musicians and someone like he did back then. He did Motley Crue and Guns N' Roses and all these bands. Oh wow! And today he's doing Lady Gaga. Oh my god! And so on. So wow. yeah. So he that he's is serious time. design stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think that's probably where my passion for fashion. Unintended. <laughs> yeah. Uh, came about. Yeah. So. Well, it's really cool. You know, I encourage you listeners uh, go to the website, Nezumi, N E Z U M I studios.com. You can sign up there. I've signed up there to receive announcements so that uh, if you're interested in this kind of thing, uh, you can receive announcements. But, you know, just go to the website and check out. It's a beautiful website that you've created and uh, the photographs and the watches. Oh, you're welcome. It's really cool. Now, Porsches. We've got to talk about Porsches because that's one of the things that has drawn us together. You know, as a listener, yeah. I'm a Porsche guy, love Porsches, although I'm Porscheless for the first time in like 45 years right now. It's really a weird. Oh, really? Well, yeah, <laughs> I sold my Orange Crush, uh, the turbo mm-hmm. that you've heard about for so many years. Um, yeah. I, I hit the market, I think, at a rare time uh, mid-year this year and um, sold it to a guy who's actually lives an hour north of me. He's a huge Porsche collector. So I, I always say my car is just parked in a nicer garage right now. <laughs> I have got I've got rights to go visit her, so that's cool. Mm-hmm. I'll have another one in my garage. But you created a Porsche club that you call Roughneck Brigade. Tell us all about that. Yeah, well, I joined the Porsche Club of Sweden, and they used to have a really nice badge, which was, I mean, it looked basically exactly the same as the Porsche Crest. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I joined, I think they they weren't allowed to use it in in the old design anymore so they had to it changed it up and i just didn't like the design so you know like I, my, my mind works i have to put my own touch on things of course uh so i went about designing my own badge it was just it wasn't nothing it wasn't even a thought in my head about starting a club i was just uh, i just wanted a cool badge for my car that's how it started and and then i did an instagram page and started to post in my car and Back then, I had a 911 SC, which was my first. Uh, oh, great car! First 911. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so that's that's where the club started, and then the people started emailing me and texting and so on, like wanting to join the club. And I was like, okay, let's maybe we should do this. Yeah. Into, so so that's how, that's how it came about, and then today we're like like you mentioned, we're over a hundred members in I think it is eight or nine different countries. Um, and people from every walk of life, you know, it, it, we have rock stars and we have regular people like myself 
So well, it's yeah. a it's a cool design. I love the uh, Roughneck Brigade Flat Six Misfits. The <laughs> Zoomy Crew. It's got kind of a a skull and wings. A, a little bit of a crossover of almost yeah. a, dare I say a Hell's Angel type, you know, motorcycle club esque look. Bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah, with uh, with the grill design. So it's it's a very cool deal. And if you just Google uh, Roughneck Brigade grill badge, you'll see pictures of it. it'll come up. I used to collect grill badges. I had hundreds and hundreds of them. I got it got oh, really? a little overwhelming, and <laughs> I had to stop. I'm like, you know, this is one of those things that you can get a little crazy with. And but some of them they were all vintage, and they were so beautiful. Yeah, they and are I super. Yeah, I, I saved a few. I had some on my cars. I've I've saved them, but uh, I've mm-hmm. since sold a lot of them. Now I'd like to talk about what I call inspirational people, maybe mentorship. Mm-hmm. You've heard me before. I, I refer to it as driving inspirations in our lives. Is there somebody that's been like that for you that has really helped you move up and through your career? Yeah, absolutely. My grandfather has been a huge role in my life as my stepdad. But my grandfather, I grew up with him. I actually moved back from the U.S. when I was 15 or so. Mm-hmm. And uh, I lived with my grandparents here in Sweden. So he, he was he was a father figure to me, and and like I said, he always being an engineer, he always took me to the the hangars at the uh, the airfield, and, and I got to play there, and he taught me a lot of stuff right there. So he's he's been a a big big part of my life, inspirational and whatnot. But also, I mean, the whole like you mentioned the Roughneck Brigade name for me, it it kind of derives from you know, World War II brigadiers and so on. So the whole name is actually connected to, you know, kind of my grandfather being in the Air Force his whole life. So, yeah. That's very cool. You're very fortunate. I, I, my grandfather was a true blue cowboy, lived in Texas Mm -hmm. and rode a horse pretty much up until the day he passed away in his 80s. And I never got to know him that well because back in those days, I lived in California and he was a long way away, didn't get to visit that much. And I always felt like I kind of missed out on learning more about his life because I grew Mm. up on the beach with long hair surfing. And when I would go to Texas, this farm, you know, with cattle and horses, I I felt like was on another planet. (laughs) But it was pretty cool because it was just an entirely different way of life. It it was slowed down, but he was a very hardworking man. I'm sure that's where my father and I got our work work ethic. Um, Yeah. And so uh, you're very fortunate you got to have a life around your grandfather. And especially when he has a cool career like that. Uh, yeah. I see yeah, the inspiration uh, that he provided you. And that that's pretty cool, too. We'll take mm-hmm. another short break. We come back. I want to talk about some of the many challenges, maybe one in particular that you face. So keep that thought in mind. And we'll be right back. You've heard me talk about Linkage Magazine here on Cars, yeah, for a couple of years now. Well, they're growing. And in 2023, they're going to grow from four issues a year to six And there's an opportunity here for you to take advantage of this growth. If you go to LinkageMag.com and click on the Renew button, if you already subscribe, you can get a great deal. Use the code RENEW6 for one year and you'll get six issues for the price of four or type in RENEW12 for two years where you also have a great savings. Plus, they'll even throw in a free Linkage hat. How cool is that? The publisher of Linkage is Donald Osborne. He's been a guest multiple times here on Cars Yeah. He's become a good friend of mine, and I'll tell you, Linkage Magazine is one of those newer magazines that you're going to want to get. It's all about experiences, opinions, and values. It's a wonderful publication, something I look forward to getting, and now that I'm going to be getting six a year, (laughs) even more special. So go to Linkage 
MAGA.com. Again, use the code RENEW6 or RENEW12 to get that special deal. Do it before December 31st, 2022, so that in 2023, you'll get six issues of Linkage Magazine instead of four. Here at Cars Yeah, it's all about inspiration. And our charity of choice is TechForce Foundation, where it's all about making a positive difference in young people's lives. TechForce helps young adults discover their talents and passions for all things automotive with a mission of helping students develop a career as a professional technician. TechForce awards nearly $2 million in scholarships every year for students to pursue technical education and they support hands-on activities, events, and mentorships across the country, working to change the outdated perceptions of these careers. Autotechs are in high demand, but the supply of qualified technicians is critically short. They need your help to fuel their mission. Learn more and join me in supporting them at techforce.org. So as a listener of Cars Yeah, you know about the challenge question. I'd like to hear, what did you come up against that was really something that pushed you to the wall? However, as you know, it taught you an incredibly valuable lesson. Well, yeah, uh, I think it was 2015 when I released my first watch with Nizumi. Mm -hmm. The brand was founded in 2011, but 2016 or 2015 was the first year for the watch. And I did a Kickstarter campaign. Back then, Kickstarter was a really good platform for for marketing. I didn't really do it for the for the funding per se, it was more, uh, you know, I thought, you know, this is a great place to really reach a lot of people. Right. And if I'm starting up, you know, doing watches, that's great. I mean, it's just basically free marketing. Right. So, so yeah, so I went there and did a campaign, um, a 30 day campaign and I reached my goal within, I think it was 11 hours or something like that. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. So, so that was fantastic. And when the watches were delivered, I was actually a Swedish guy. I mean, I sold probably about two, 250, 260 watches over the Kickstarter campaign. Um, so it wasn't, wasn't huge, but it was enough to get me started. And when I got, you know, delivered all the watches, a Swedish guy contacted me and said, you know, should, shouldn't quartz be spelled with a Z? Oh, no. No, 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 <laughs> no, said, no. Don't tell me. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, and I said, yeah, of course. And he said, well, on the dial, it says quartz with S. Oh no! And I said, well, "Okay." So I went back and I panicked. You know, I, I almost fainted when he, when I got this text. And he, the thing is, he wrote this on the the comments section on the, on the Kickstarter campaign. So everyone that was back in the project saw this, and I said, I fell through the floor. Oh. And I went back to the Kickstarter campaign. I looked at the images, and there was close ups of the dial, and it said quartz with a Z. I was like, I I know I spelled it correctly, and then. I went and looked at the watches that I actually got delivered, and it was he was correct. It was with an S. What? So something had happened along the way. Yeah, so what I was showing on my campaign was the pre-production samples that I made. Okay. And, and they were correct. So something happened when I actually went to mass production of the watches, and I have no clue because everything was finished. Everything was signed off. But someone at the factory, changed for some it. reason, yeah. changed it to S. Yep. Yeah. So, oh my god. So that, that was a, uh, you know. So I had to, I had to put out some fires there. People, I mean that you know the whole internet thing. People, a lot of trolls out there. 
having maybe t- uh, I think it was around 260 let's say 260 backers that backed my project you know almost maybe 10 of those that were really really like going after me and saying a lot of bad things saying you know threatening like they're going to put you know out this info out to all the press and everything just like ruin the brand <laughs> right. and I was like you know I was, I was new at the game I was like what am I going to do jeez and and um but it was only 10 people yeah, <laughs> so, yeah but you know you listen to those 10 rather than the other 250 they get very loud don't they yeah, yeah. Wow. So I, I learned my lesson and, and I, you know, I go through my design. I I mean, this wasn't my fault, but everyone thought it was my fault. I was just like, I was just a, a mess, but you know. You know, I, I feel for you because I, I worked for 20 plus years at a company where we made a lot of branded products with our name on them, including watches, by the way. We did some watches and mm-hmm. we had the same thing happen several times with products where we would, but I wasn't just 200. I'm talking about 500,000 plus things that we would order and they'd be shipped from overseas. And one of them was uh, a company had taken our logo patch and for some reason didn't like the car that was on it and put a Mustang on there instead of a, an old Europe. Yeah. And they delivered hundreds and hundreds of these, these tool bags. And I thought when my guy from the warehouse came in, he goes, why are, why does our logo look like this? I thought they were teasing me and I go, oh, very funny. And he goes, no, they're, they're all like this. What? Oh. Yeah. Uh, oh, I feel for you because been there, done that. It is very mm-hmm. challenging and you have to figure out either how to just, you know, if they make good on it and if they don't, how can we twist this up and make it something unique and different? So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow. I think wow. people look back at it right now. It's more of a collector's piece, but you know, then I had to find a way, like I, I was talking referencing Rolex have done the same thing, you know, had misspelled like copies. Uh, yeah, those are probably some of the, the most valuable Rolexes ever. <laughs> exactly. And I tried to make it a kind of a fun thing in, in a bad situation, but, you know, people weren't buying that. Well, <laughs> or these, know, or these people, 10 people weren't. Yeah, well, give them their money back or you just say, keep yeah, the watch, yeah. you can have your money back and please stop exactly. being mean to me. You know, <laughs> uh, special vehicle stories. As you know, I love to ask this question. You are a Porsche guy, so I'm kind of guessing that it will be a Porsche we talk about today. Is there one special vehicle in your past that really stands out? Yes, it's it's definitely my first 911. It's the uh, 1982 911 SC that I got. Actually, bought that as a uh, as a um, as a carrot kind of to try. You know, I needed to get my license. I got my license pretty late in in, in life because I uh, I was stupid as a kid and and drove around illegally a few times and I got caught. Uh oh. Which was good. Nothing happened. Yeah, I was just yeah. you know, stupid and young. And uh so I got caught and, and then they, they postponed my license. So I was like, okay, I gotta wait three years. Oh real three years? Ooh, that's yeah, that's yeah. a stiff penalty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then I kinda just I didn't really need it at the time. It was I was living in a small city in Sweden and you know, we could walk everywhere and just take the bike. So I just didn't feel until I moved to Stockholm. Uh, I felt like I need really need a car right now. So then I bought the 911 and I parked it in the garage. I never drove it. I never used it. I didn't even take it around the block. You know, I didn't do anything. I told what? myself like I was going to look at it and then make myself get my license. And then so that was actually my first car that I had at, wow. after I got my license. Yeah. Oh, you know, I love the SCs. I have a good friend that has um, 
78, I think it was the first year for the SC. And mm-hmm, yeah. it's just, a, oh, I love driving that car. It's so nice. And I had an 84 cab that was the first year of the Carrera after the SC. That was mm-hmm. also a great car, but that motor in that SC is just, it's delightful. It's just, it is. Yeah. yeah, and the car just looks good. It started to have a little bit of flair to the fenders and so forth. And, you mm-hmm. know, still pretty much an analog car, obviously. But uh, mm-hmm. now yeah. you said had it, so you've let it go? No, I've, I've rebuilt it. I've backstated it. You yeah, still really. have it? Oh, okay, good. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, good. yeah that's, I'm never letting that go. Okay, so good. So now, now I, I rebuilt it into something else or more of a... Kind of an R group say maybe a, Yeah, yeah. of sorts. Yeah, something like just like, I did, you know, I did everything that I, I really wanted. Just yeah. put, you know, all the details. Uh, so it's, a, it's an F model look. Uh, okay. But I kept the flares and... And just just did all the things that I really wanted on a car. It's kind of like a narrow body ST, I would say. Oh, okay. Well, you you've done yeah. some uh, video stuff with your Porsche. I mean, you got a YouTube page, yeah. right? Yeah, with some really mm-hmm. cool stuff. So I assume the cars uh, in some of these videos. Uh, not that one yet. Not yet. Okay. Other cars. Yeah, other, other cars for sure. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'll make sure we put links to that too so you listeners can go check that out. Now, you know I become a bit of a car psychologist here on Cars, yeah. So I'm going to crawl into your head. If you were reincarnated as a vehicle, David, what would you be and why? I would probably be an amphibious car, I would say. And if, <laughs> so okay, I can go now anywhere. this is an interesting answer. Why yeah. is that? I mean, just so I can go to a rural, you know, rural, uh, I can't even say it. Let's, rural? let's refrain. A rural, rural yeah. A rural that's, area. That's, yeah. That's, rural, a, that's, a, yeah. That's, a, that's one of those words that you need marbles in your mouth to say. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So that, I mean, so I can go, you know, where, where no one else has gone and, and just uh, kind of get away from society for a while, civilization. Interesting. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe the uh, James Bond Lotus that can go off the edge of a pier. Yeah, that would be fantastic. <laughs> fly around under underwater. But there's also the Amphicars, which you've all seen, which I've heard them described as they're a terrible car and they're a worse boat. <laughs> I've actually be, got to go on a ride on one at this, the uh, Ironstone Concord. They have a lake there and uh, people who have those cars bring them and give people rides. And they're, they're kind of interesting. But uh, yeah. I think we're looking at something maybe a little more unique in your case, right? Yeah. Well, you know what they say about Lotus. Lots of, what do you, what is it? Lots of trouble. Yeah, I'm Uh, not going to say anything bad about any brand because every time I do that, I get in trouble. All right, let's. Uh, Yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah, we won't talk about uh, Joseph Lucas either. So uh, last time I did (laughs) that. I love the Lotus though. Yeah, well, there's some beautiful designs about Lotus cars and uh, they're fun to drive. And uh, Radford is doing some really cool things with Lotus cars. Yes. Uh, Yeah, I've had them on the show. So um, along with uh, Ant Anstead and uh, Mm -hmm. the other uh, famous people involved. So uh, you mentioned you love to give back and you mentioned a a passion for animals and nature and so forth. I'd like you to talk a little bit more about that. the ways you like to give back? Well, I'm very much involved in, in, in animal charity organizations. So I give a lot to different organizations, such as uh, Sea Shepherd Organization, which I've been a member of since 1994 or so. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, a long time. Yeah, so I, I, I love giving back to that. And, and you know, animal shelters like um, dogs and cats and so on. There's There's been such... Uh, you know, there's so many dogs and cats coming in now to these shelters after the pandemic. People buying 
you know, animals when they were working from home and then they have to go back to the office and then they're just like, yeah. so it's, it's a bit of a mess right now. And it, I mean, it wasn't good before, but it's, it's worse now. And, uh, you know, all these dog trade and stuff like Yulin in, in you know, Asia and so on, I, I really uh, try to try to work against that and, and stop you know, the cruelty. Yeah. Well, it's a good thing. Yeah. The pets and things are, are wonderful, but it's a huge responsibility that you got to take seriously when you get a pet. And uh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, sadly, I, you never thought about that with COVID. COVID brought on a lot of change, of course, some bad, uh, mm-hmm. some good, actually a lot of bad, mm-hmm. uh, some good. But uh, I never thought about people getting animals because they were home. And then having to mm. go back to the office and then the poor animal sits at home all day, which is no way to treat an animal. So interesting. Mm. Sea Shepherd organization. Yeah. I'll put a link to that on your website so listeners uh, who love animals can go and check that out. Now, how about a great book? Is there one you'd like to share? Yeah. Um. No, no, <laughs> I really don't have it. There's an answer. <laughs> you know, I love it when, when my <laughs> my guests are just blunt. No, don't read books. Sorry, Not, can't help no, you with that one. <laughs> I mean, I have a lot of books, mainly like photography books, which I okay. uh, really, really like, and I, I enjoy like the Type Seven um, magazine that comes out, and um, I, th- I think they're beautiful. But you know, I don't know if you've seen that, but Type Seven they're mainly books. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, with, fantastic paper quality and photography and stuff so as i would say uh, check out that yeah well i will absolutely i i love photography i started getting involved when i was in high school on the yearbook staff shooting and have shot for years and years and oddly enough i'm cameraless right now i shot nikons for years and i had an older nikon and i was really mm-hmm. set to go buy before right before covid the new sony mirrorless i'd been looking at these new cameras and the advantages yep. of them and so forth and then covid came and i wasn't going anywhere and i thought well if i'm going to go into this and buy lenses and i'm you know it's like a ten thousand dollar purchase by the time you buy the, the mm-hmm. nice yeah. body and all the lenses and so I, sure. I had just sold all my nikon stuff on ebay and got a little bit of money towards it but old camera gear doesn't bring a whole lot of money and so i haven't done it yet and of course every year it's like you know a new iphone they keep coming out with new cameras Mm -hmm. oh now should i go back to nikon canon and there's all this stuff um so i've been thinking lately because things are opening up about finally pulling the trigger may i ask what do you shoot with what kind of camera do you use uh i'm a fuji straight through fanboy a fuji so. fanboy okay yeah. well that's yeah. you see you just threw me completely off track here because i didn't even <laughs> i hadn't even considered let, let, do a quick little plug why fuji it's japanese because uh, it's but. i mean if you want the analog old feel, oh, okay. fuji is the way to go you got all the you know the knobs on the top like an old dslr it's uh, it's not something you get with the i love the sony a cameras i do but you know if you really want if you want that experience of of the option i mean that's the good thing about fuji you have the option of going really analog using the tactile dials at the top or you can go like you know modern just use the the quick wheels and stuff so i think that's 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 fantastic yeah, and i mean it's a, either apsc and i actually shoot apsc sensor and i have a medium format so i use their i use their they don't have full frame they're all mirrorless, but you know I don't have a full frame, or they don't make it. Fuji doesn't have one. Well, and I've also had guests on that are big Leica fans. I mean, they're just diehard Leica, yeah. you know. Which, yeah. of course, they make wonderful. I think some of the lenses are made for the Sony. The G lenses, mm-hmm. I think, are, are made as well. So, yeah, I think I'm kind of thinking about maybe getting into it finally. So, uh, I'd like to get back into more photography. I just, I, you know, and we get trapped with these 
iPhones and phones in our hands yeah. and it's just yeah. easy and you don't have to carry stuff and they do such a marvelous job these days. So, uh, but yeah, I will be getting back into it. You'll give me some inspiration there, David. Thank yeah. You. you know, the good thing about the mirrorless thing is that you can really get into the vintage class, which is, uh, I shoot a lot of vintage like Leica glass and, and Voigtlander and stuff like that. So, and it, it really, really, uh, it slows you down, which is super, super nice. Yeah. I love I, that. I have a friend who's uh, shot some really cool stuff and, and gets into the, uh, is it Boku, the uh, mm -hmm. lenses that can really, uh, yeah. really short apertures and so forth. So very cool. Mm -hmm. Okay. You mm -hmm. give me some inspiration today. Uh, yeah. Definitely. Most definitely. So let's go on the ultimate drive. I'm going to enable you to drive anything you want and you can go anywhere you want and you can take anyone you want, including someone Who's no longer with us, which opens the world up to a lot of possibilities. So what does the ultimate <laughs> yeah. drive look like for a creative person like you? Well, it's pretty easy for me. I would take my grandfather because he, he actually passed away before I uh, made it, if you will. But where I feel like I, uh, I really, really did something with, with myself that I'm proud of. And he passed slightly right after that. So I would take him. I would say take a classic, you know, cold 911 down through the Alps to probably, um, you know, go down to Monaco and, and watch a, a Formula One. Yeah, nice. I would, right. I would say that was fantastic. Yeah, that sounds like a dream come true to me for sure. Very nice. Mm -hmm. So you've taken us on a wonderful ride today, and I can't thank you enough. I'm so glad we finally connected and were able to talk. I wonder if you could leave us with a success quote, a mantra, or some kind of uh, words of inspiration for our listeners today. Uh, I would say uh, I heard this a few years ago. Um, the quality of the intention dictates the outcome, which I feel is a very, very good uh, quote. Yeah, I like that. I think you should go into you know either you do it or you don't. Kind of like kind of like the yoga Yoda. Yeah. Uh, yes. You know, do or do not. There is no try. It's kind of the same thing, you know. And I, and I and I live by that. You know, I I, I feel like it's important to you know, dip both feet in, you know, go all the way in and, and, and immerse yourself in, in what you're doing. And if you don't feel you, you have the time or the energy or whatever for that, I don't think you should do it at that time or maybe wait or whatever. But yeah, I think it's, uh, it's important to always uh, go in head on. Well, great attitude. And that's why you are where you are. How can people learn more about Nizumi and Roughneck Brigade? Well, you can go to, uh, we're at Nizumi Studios on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and so on. And NizumiStudios.com is our website. Uh, Roughneck has a website, which I don't really do much on, so it's not worth, <laughs> worth checking out. But I'm, I'm personally, I'm uh, at DCampo911 is my uh, handle on Instagram. Okay, cool. We can follow you there. And I'll put links to all these on David's show notes page. I want to do a shout out to your couple of your colleagues there, Steen and Carolina, for helping connect me with David today. Thank you, you two. You made this easy. I really appreciate it. You've got a great group uh, group of people you work with there. David, hey, yeah. thanks for uh, connecting with me, for being so generous with your time and your uh, creativity. I've really had fun getting to know you better today. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Yes. Well, thank you, Mark, for having me. It's been great. It's been really interesting talking to you. This was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, 
a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!